Good morning, Church. It's absolutely brilliant to be here. And we only came yesterday, and we feel part of. But you know, God does that. We're the family. And wherever we go, we are just family. And, and for me, I just love the church, capital C, love the church. We're the church. You know, when I look at you, I think, oh, roaring with power. Um, because the church is marvelous. And, and, you know, we get hurt at church. And people go from church to church saying, I've been hurt. And I've lived a while. So I've been hurt by various people in who are part of the church. But you know what? It's Some people have hurt me, or you, but we're the church. I still love the church. And the church is so powerful. Just singing these, these words, I think, oh, my word. Jesus roars with power, but he roars through us. He roars through us. He is so exciting. And Father God, we just come to you. Lord, it's all about you. It's not even about what we do or what we can't do. And Lord, you know my eyes are on you because uh, I can do nothing, nothing at all, but it's you. It's you. And so all our eyes are on you today, Lord. Do what only you can do and give power and equip and move this church on so that they roar with power over this uh, the island, but in the... Uh, the mainland, and wider and wider and wider. Let waves of revival come from this place into the nations, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, yes, Greg and I from Cape Town. I was on the staff of Jubilee Community Church there for a long time. And, um, and we came over 12 and a half years ago for six months to serve the umbrella body of our church, New Frontiers. Um, and um, 12 and a half years later, we're still here. <laughs> Booked solid till next year. And it's like, if you know my history of, of um, uh, looking after the poor planting churches, going to government to stop apartheid, I hate racism, and so on and so on. And then you think, now I'm in the UK. It's so different. But you know what? The church is the church. And I've seen a thing or two. I've seen God use me and then a team and then so on and then the church to change things so we as church could rejoice. In 1994 when we had our general elections, the first ever, we could rejoice. We were part of that. The church was part of bringing justice to our nation, you know. And to me, that's how I see the church. It's not, well, yeah, we're these small people, just in a corner. It's like, no, we're bursting with power. Do you believe that? Yes. I like your responses. I quite like a hallelujah and a, a, a bit of response is rather nice. Makes me feel comfortable. Yeah. So... Uh, we are based in Cambridge. Um, I'm on the staff of City Church Cambridge. And uh, I'm itinerant, so go around all over the UK and Europe and so on. And may I say to you, the church is doing good. The church, though the news may say, oh, Christianity is a bit low, whoa, the church is doing well. So it's wonderful to be here. Because you see, the local church... Us, we're not the kingdom. We're an embassy of the kingdom. Today, this is the embassy. Because sometimes we think this is it. The local church is it. And we're the kingdom. And, but you know what? We are just part of. We're the movers and the shakers. We're the embassy. We come together. We worship and we encourage each other. We, we, we use our gifting and practice what we... Well, yes. We practice, because none of us will ever fully know till we die what we are capable of, because it's him. And so I, I know a thing or two because I've practiced, and I still practice. So if you want to play the keyboard, do you practice? You, just, you know, it's hours. 
of playing and practicing. But funnily enough, we get all religious when it comes to gifting. And we think we've just got to be this full-blown person walking mightily. It's little by little, <clears throat> practicing, laying hands on people, bringing a word. And it's like, oh, that worked. Let me give it another. Let me go again and again. And the more you practice, actually, the more skilled you get. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, we're the, the ambassadors and we advance the kingdom through signs, wonders, miracles, through the fruits of the Spirit, through speaking about Jesus, talking about the kingdom, expanding, pushing the enemy. We have an enemy. And he roars with a, with a different kind of power to stop us. And we roar back. We roar back by the name of Jesus, loving him to bits, glorying that we are saved. The blood of Jesus has cleaned us up forever and ever and ever and ever. And then we do the stuff to actually help people wherever we go. So for me, I think globally. I'm a big picture person. I want to know what's happening in the world. I remind myself of a meerkat. What's next? Where? Where? What they're doing in India and China? What's going on? And so, so you, you look globally, but you act locally. So we, do, we prepare people locally for what is happening globally. And in this nation of, of the UK, things are shaking a bit. Yeah? So what does the church do? Do we shake? No way! We say, come on. The nation is shaking. We're the answer the church is the answer to, to the problems of the nations. So we get equipped in faith and knowing who we are so that we can go in and help others. That makes sense. Yeah, you like that. Yes. So Matthew 22, 36 to 40. The people said to Jesus, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment. Now, you know, Jesus could have stopped right there because that's the best one. That is, love him. But interestingly enough, he immediately said, And the second is like unto it, Love your neighbor as you love yourself. I find that fascinating. You'd think it'd be that. But it is, you know, when we're so filled with God, we love him, we rejoice in him, we worship him, we're so filled. How do you but help going and giving to your neighbor? It's out of compassion and love that you go to your neighbor. It's an automatic thing. So, you know, when you read in the uh, book of Acts, Acts 2, we love the part when the Holy Spirit falls on, on the disciples. Uh, I don't know whether it was just little flames. I would think they were covered with fire. Surely the Holy Spirit is fire. Now, this, it doesn't say this in the Bible, but I like to put myself in and picture myself in the stories. And there were 120 in the upper room. Now, some are, I don't think the upper room would have been that big. Yeah? It would have been smaller than this. But then it says they were filled with the Spirit, and the next minute, everybody in Jerusalem was hearing their own language spoken. Do you think maybe they were so filled with the Spirit that they couldn't contain themselves? They had to run downstairs out into the streets. Because how do you get... 3,000 were saved. How did 3,000 get into an upper room if they didn't spill out? Do you see? Do you see? So when we are so filled with Jesus, how do we but... How do you stop yourself from praying for the sick or whatever? And when I pray with people, and I, I love praying with people, I pray for anybody. Anything that moves gets prayed for. Just in case... You see, just in case, who knows? So I will pray for people. If they get healed, I'm chuffed to bits. Love it, love it. If they don't, it's actually not my responsibility because I can't heal a single person. 
And, and I would like to give that to you because often we're a bit nervous to pray for people. What if it doesn't work? What if they don't get here? What am I going to say? What, what if? What? You know, I just love people. I want to see them blessed. So if they don't get physically healed or whatever, just the, that, that I actually prayed for them brings love. You know, when we, we pump, we ooze the Holy Spirit. We pump the Holy Spirit. He flows through us. You know, when we touch people, he flows from our hands into people. And, um, and so often we don't want to lay hands on people and you've got to be appropriate and all that. But, you know, even a touch. When I meet people, I say, hello. And I just think, well, bless them. Or if it's somebody who I'd really like to see come to follow Jesus, I just say, oh, Lord, get them. Get them, do you see? In the best possible way so that they won't miss out. Get them. That's how powerful we are. It's not all about our words or did we say the right thing. It is. He lives in us. He knows the right words. He has the right power. And so it's love the Lord your God, love the neighbors. I love the, the, the way when Mark called people forward, and I love seeing that, Mark, you doing that. And the response, you guys are great. <laughs> you didn't have to be reeled in. You just came. You know what the other response I loved? When Mark said, well, anybody come to pray? Boom! It was full in front. You are wonderful. You are a powerhouse of gifting, of healing and deliverance. And you've got it here. Now it's to move on. Today is to move on into, into even bigger, bigger works, bigger things. Taking more chance, giving more, giving it. I learned this phrase from the English. You give it a go. I love that. I want to give it a go. So all we do is we give it a go and watch to see what Jesus will do. So I'm a watcher of God. I get things stirred and then I stand back and I could go home because... I watch him do his work. It's not about me or you. It's him. It's him. And in Acts 17, 26, it says, And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live in all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and boundaries of that dwelling place. I love that too. He knew before time that we would be coming to the UK for... Six months, Lord. And 12 and a half years, we are still here. Because it's the right time, the right place. Each of you living here, whether you're born here or you moved here, you're supposed to be here. You've each got a job to do. There's no specialists here. The day we become a specialist, we don't need Jesus anymore. That's frightening. People want to call me a specialist of this and that. Or specialist of working with the poor. I get so scared. Because I want to be a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. He's the master. Do you see? But I want to be a jack-of-all-trades. I want to try everything. But he's the master. And so everyone has been apportioned somewhere to live. And if God is sending you overseas, you have been apportioned that place before time. Amazing. Um, and who would have thought? We wouldn't have. We'd, we never. We thought we were going to live up in West Africa one day. We didn't think we'd live in the UK. But God had apportioned it. So everybody's gifting here is needed. It's not you, another brick in the wall. It is you are the brick. That if you take that brick out, if you're not doing what God has called you to do, putting your bit in. We've each only got a bit to put in. And, and so if I bring my bit and you, and you bring your bit and we put it together, we make a whole of power. But if the bit is missing, then it doesn't hold, the building doesn't hold so well. So every single person is needed, even if you think, oh, but I've only got a small contribution. If that's what God apportioned before time, it's as big as Billy Graham's big anointing. Does it make sense? It's just obedience. God's wanting obedience. He does the stuff. Nehemiah 3.23 They were talking about rebuilding the wall and I love the way it goes through names. This one built here and that one built there. 
And after them, Benjamin and Hashab repaired opposite their own house. And after them, Azariah, the son of Marseiah, I think, son of Ananias, repaired beside his own house. So sometimes we are called to repair right next to our houses. Some are across the road. Some are across the waters, do you see? Some are across the waters. But we are all missionaries. If you are a follower of Jesus here today, you're a missionary. It's not about we going, you know, often people, we want to go to Africa to mission. We think, and funny that Africa is coming to the UK. <laughs> Do you know? It is. No. We are all missionaries, but some are right around your own house. So if you are on here on the island, you are missionaries here with a job to do. Armed and dangerous, loaded with power. Can I see who's loaded with power here today? A little. Father God, I want to ask that there'll be more loading of power, but we've, sometimes we've got the power, but it's too scary to put our hand up because how can I? Sometimes we're a bit shy, or maybe we think I'm not worth it. Or, but if you can't put your hand up because you're not a follower of Jesus here today, today's your day. Really, you're not here by chance. You're here because Jesus loves you so much. He says, come. Come and join this family. Come and, come and join the family. Maybe not particularly this one, but, but wherever you come from, um, join that family. And, uh, and let's be family together in Jesus because he loves you. So you can come and speak to one of us afterwards or whatever. So we, build, we, we are rebuilders of broken walls. So we build in front of our house, in our neighborhood, but even wider. Even, and there's going to be a time that God is going to call some of you even wider. Even wider. You've had, you will have had good training here. A good apostolic base. That means people come in from other nations even, get trained, and then carry back to their nations. Or, or go from here into other nations to carry all the good things that you have to go and bless other nations. I want to speak to the women. I know I'm speaking to them tonight, but I also want to speak in this kind of setting to the women. Because so often women hold back. It's the may we, can we, what if. Am I in the right place, women? Yeah? Yeah? And um, I, just, I just love it. Because as I read the Bible, God just says, now look at this, now look at that, and look at that. And so in Nehemiah, oh, I love Nehemiah. I love Nehemiah. He's, he's, he's my kind of person. So scared, and yet, yet he listens to God and becomes brave. And yet he's so scared. But he does the job, and he gets it done. So Nehemiah 3, verse 12. It talks about a man called Shalom, the son of Halawesh. He was the ruler of a half-district of Jerusalem. He repaired the wall, he and his daughters. So the girls and the women were getting their hands dirty too in advancing the kingdom. And unless God opens your eyes, we don't spot this in the Bible. We don't see the women part of God blessing and, and setting women free. Come on. I do, you know, every now and again I will do a women's conference and I always choose the title. Come on, women, let's build. Because women are able to build families, they build communities, they bring health and healing and wholeness, they're oozing with gifting. And so it's like, it's time for women not to be held back, but to actually advance the kingdom Arm in arm with men. You know, the men are the elders and they are the shepherds that are looking to see that everybody's safe. And they are saying, go on church, men and women, go and advance the kingdom. So arm in arm, men and women, we walk. And as we walk, we are dangerous. And the devil says, oh no, let's run. The church know who they are because we must know who we are. Otherwise the enemy lies to us. Who are you? You're nobodies. You know, the church, you're a laughing stock. We aren't. This book says 
We are the power of God unto, unto salvation. We, are, we do stuff. We do stuff. We preach the gospel and see people say, we see people healed. We see minds restored. We see stuff. We are the people who see stuff. But you've got to be brave. And I've written here, courage isn't an emotion. It's a decision. Can I say that again? Yes. Courage isn't an emotion. So I have people come to me and say, Angela, will you pray for courage for me? And I say, no. And they get quite a, <laughs> quite a shock. But I do it like that on purpose. Because if I pray for someone for courage, then they're going to wait for courage to drop from somewhere or whatever. And they're, not going to, they're going to sit in their room waiting for courage to do what God's called them to. But you know, courage is a decision. So you sit and you say, Father, oh, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. I've got to give a word to somebody. I've got to go and buy somebody a Bible. I've got to go and have coffee with somebody and talk about Jesus. And I'm so scared. But you know what, Lord? With beating heart and dry mouth, I'm going to do it. And as you sit with that person, courage comes. Courage comes when we step. It's a decision. I will. I will listen to God. I will advance the kingdom. And courage comes. It doesn't come sitting in the bedroom waiting for it to drop from somewhere. Yeah? Are you a courageous people? Oh, I'm digressing. I will digress. You, 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 you guys or UK people are wonderful. You, you, yeah, you're very wonderful. You are kind and generous and um, gentle, gentle-hearted in the main. Um, you are ge- you're very... You're always giving to mission. You are you're actually wonderful and you're very nice. And I say nice in the... The proper, not the, no, not that woosy, oh, it's so nice. It is nice. You are nice. But you also are humble. But sometimes humility gets in the way of warfare. And so when I do, I do seminars and conferences on gifts of the Holy Spirit, and I will say, right, who's prophetic? And, and people battle to put their hands up, to even say, I'm a this, I've got this gift or that. Am I talking to the right people? Yeah? yeah? And, and, and do you know when the Bible says, eagerly desire spiritual gifts? So I would say it in my South African way, be greedy. Be greedy. Because you see, gifting is not about us. It's not about me. Gifting is always for someone else. So I said, Lord, pack it in. Bring it. Bring it. Because I serve lots of people. So I want the, the gifts to drip off my fingers. Uh, that's how much I want. So that I can serve. It's not, look at my gifting. So I actually don't have to be humble about anything because it's his. If I'm not, if I'm a bit humble in case I you know, get too proud of gifting, then I've got it all wrong. Then I'm saying it's my gifting. It's not mine. It's his gifting. So when, when, when someone says, what's your gifting? And, and so they say to me, are you prophetic? I say, yes. And are you evangelistic? Yes. And you can see that, oh, you're very confident. But you know what? It's spiritual warfare. The gifts that I'm confident in and own as his, but they his, but they also mine, given to me for the jobs. When I talk about them, the devil says, "Oh no, we can't mess with her. She knows she can prophesy." Does it make sense? It's actually we we must declare more often. Have a loud mouth. Declare to the to the principalities and powers. I'm a child of God, chosen before time. I'm seated in heavenly places. You know, even if somehow, sometimes I get messed up and my head goes all over, that doesn't change my salvation. This is who I am. That is spiritual warfare. Yeah, and that is the roar. To me, that's the roar of the church. So being in South Africa at, at a, a very 
hard time. Um, and I worked in the townships among poor people who were oppressed, black, oppressed by white, for 20 years and saw the worst of it. And uh, security police would come and want to beat me up, spit on me, call me a sellout to my race and so on. And I would feel totally unclean. But in my head, I would stand and think, you don't know who you're messing with. I'm on, com- I'm on commission from God. I've been commissioned by him to actually stand for people who are being oppressed. I am here on his command. You mess with me. You don't realize you're messing with the apple of God's eye. And I would speak to myself to keep my dignity going. Do you see? And so we need to know who we are and be able to declare it. Not always openly, but if, you, if you're out in your work or whatever and you've got a boss or whatever who hammers you, just think, no, I will bless you. Because the Bible says, bless those who curse us. I will bless you, but I'm a child of God. And you can mess so far, but God is going to soften your heart. Because I'm blessing you now. Right with clenched teeth. <laughs> and that's okay. We can bless with clenched teeth. Because not, we mustn't bless for waiting for a feeling. You bless because the Bible says bless. So I bless with clenched teeth. I have blessed security police. I wanted to go. And, and God said to me, no, no, no. That's not how I taught you. And I've had to open my mouth. <laughs> bless them, Lord. <laughs> And you know, out of that came such a wholeness, came signs and wonders from actually taking the Bible and taking it as, as truth and acting on it as truth. Not my feelings, but what it says here. So the next one for the women. You see, I did digress. But the next one for the women... Do you ever read some of the Bible and you think, oh boy, let me skip this so that I can read, you know, that this one begat that one and all the names and this one and, you know, the numbers and chronicles. But names are very important. That's why God's put them in. All our names are written in his book. If names are important. So I thought, read the names. So 1 Chronicles seven twenty four talks of the descendants of Ephraim. And it says that um, this descendant had a son who went out to war. The son was killed. The father mourned. So he had another child, uh, another son, and that son had a daughter. His daughter, her name was Shira. 1 Chronicles 7.24. His her name was Shira, who built both the lower and the upper Beth Horon and Yuzan Shira. And as I read, I thought, what? I've never seen that before. So I looked up in every commentary to see what did she build. This woman, in the middle of all these descendants, God just threw it in there. This woman built three cities. Come on, women. <laughs> you understand? Come on, women, let's build. Let's not hold back. Let's build. Let's build communities. Let's use our gifting and build together. And then somebody came to me at one point and said, did you know that's mentioned in Joshua? Joshua 10, when the sun stands still for, for Joshua, it was in one of Shearer's cities. It was in Beth Horon. God honored her by letting the sun stand still for Joshua in one of her cities. Isn't that incredible? Women, you raw. I want to ask for freedom this morning for women in the name of Jesus to do all the gifting, to do everything they, that you've apportioned them to do without the, but what if, and what, you know, what will people say and so on. But I also say for the men, come on men, let's build together. Let's build this island needs the church. This island needs the church to build together men and women working, doing each other's gifting and using your own who you are. Men be men. Women be women. Don't try and be one another. Um, Do you know? 
when, when I started doing everything, I came from a time where women weren't allowed to do anything, really. And, uh, and I was told at the time, um, why are you using men's gifting? Oh, and I felt so bad, and I went to God and said, why did you do this to me? I'm being very honest now. Why did you do this? And he said, I've anointed you. Just do what I say. So I'm more afraid with a small f, not scared of God, but I want to listen to him. He, he's great. I love him to bits. He, you know, I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose that relationship with him. Um, and so I did and got into masses of trouble. And it's like, I was only doing what I was called to do. And so it's, it kind of, I needed healing myself from that, and I've been healed. But it's like, come on. Come on, men and women, let's work together. Is that okay? Yeah? Yeah, we've got a job to do. We're so busy, you know, bothering each other that we don't face forward together and do the stuff. You are the salt of the earth. Did you know that? So don't lose your saltiness by just um, letting other people do the stuff when you can do it yourself. In South Africa, we've got this meat called biltong. Yeah? Amen? (laughs) Yay. And you know what? It's meat, raw meat, that has been seasoned with lots of salt and hung out to dry. So it's not cooked. And it, it can hang there six weeks, eight weeks, three months. <gasps> then you take a knife and you cut it and you put it in your mouth and it is wonderful. It is so salty it makes your lips go all crinkly. <laughs> and you've got to have water. You've just got to have water. Or like you eat peanuts, salted peanuts. Now you know God says you're the salt of the earth. We should be so salty and full of Jesus that we make the world we make their lips crinkle so that they've got a drink of the water of life. Do you see? That's, why, that's what the salt does. You're a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and glorify your Father. You see, we think... Yeah, but, it's, uh, but what if I do it? And what? It's glorify the Father. The more we do, and we don't have to do things for our salvation, we do it because we love him. The more we do, the more he gets glorified. That's how it works. You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood. I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, you are royal. Does that come easy? Does that come easy to say to or, to, or to accept that you are royal? A holy nation, a people of his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him, that you may proclaim the excellency of, excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. He's prepared good works in advance for every single one of us to do. And he's put enough gifting in us to be able to do it. And we are dignity bringers wherever we go. So even if we get sworn at, we do not swear back. We bring dignity to people. We maintain our dignity and we bring dignity. I feel God's got a call on you guys as, whoa, stand up straight, as dignity bringers, as restorers of broken walls, as, um, as, uh, as bringing, bringers of healing. I think you're going to be the people who are going to do the stuff. If you're a visitor here today from another church, that includes you. That's why God's got you here. This belongs to your church as well, wherever you're from. 
If you are uh, not a follower of Jesus today, you can be part of this. You're here to be part of this. But you are dignity bringers. And dignity bringers speak with a different voice. Um, They bring blessing instead of curses. So Jesus, with the woman at the well, she went in the afternoon because she didn't want to be with other women. Maybe she wasn't liked by the other women. Um, And so she came in the afternoon, and Jesus comes and speaks to her. And then, you know, the, the shocking thing, he gives her a word of knowledge. Now, I don't know about you, but to get a word of knowledge from Jesus, where he just reads everything is quite something. And he says, uh, you know, uh, where's your husband? No, I don't have a husband. Yes, you've had five and the one you're living with is not. He just says it to her. You know what amazes me? If somebody said, quite, that's quite a tough word, don't you think? If somebody said that to me, or if I had to say that to somebody, I would have to think a thousand times before I brought that. Do you know he brought it in such a way that it brought dignity to the woman. She said, you're a prophet. Something about him, and I want that. And I want you to have that. Lord Jesus, will you give us that? As a community of dignity brings, will you give us the ability to bring words that that actually set people free and and, and bring it in a, a way that has kindness You know, the kindness of God leads to repentance. Kindness has got teeth on it. It's the kindness that makes people change. And he, in his words, brought it in a way that was kind. And the next minute she ran into a village. She said, I met a man. He told me everything. And they all ran past her. She was the first evangelist into the village. They ran past her. They weren't interested in her before. Something had happened to her. There was an authority and a confidence and anointing on her so that when she spoke in her village, this you know, woman who wasn't always respected, they ran past her to get to him. That's what dignity does. And Father, I want to ask for this church for a high prophetic. I really feel God wants to bring a high, a high prophetic Can I say standard? I don't know what the word to use. A high prophetic. Fat prophecies, we would call it. Fat prophecies. Fat, nation-changing prophecies. I feel God's going to raise up prophets in this place that bring fat prophecies that shape not only the church, but also this island, but also the nation. You're going to have one or two people that are going to go as far as parliament to bring words there, um, and you're going to be invited. There's going to be one or two of you going to be invited onto teams that go to Parliament to bring words in the future. But it's going to be done with dignity. I feel written over you is dignity. The bringers of dignity. And, and that's the restorer of broken walls. There was no dignity. Sanballat and Tobiah, they, did, they said, oh, well, look at the junk that you're doing. But you know what? Nehemiah kept on going and that community had dignity. You will be bringing dignity in your shops, in your offices, your schools, your hospitals. Wherever you go, you will be full of dignity. How's the time going? Okay. (laughs) Yeah? (laughs) And so... Look at me. When I, when I asked, when I was, uh, you know, f- first became a Christian, and I said, Father, I will do anything for you. I just come, I will do anything, just ask. <gasps> Did he give me the anything? It's like, Lord, not that, that. That's so scary. But, you know, when I stepped into the scary things, knees knocking, I came alive. And I thought, that's what I was born for. I would go into the townships of Cape Town. It was very, it was very, very dangerous. One lone white woman. And I would be so scared. Oh, oh Lord. And I would sing every song in every language that I know. 
And I would sing all the Christian songs to build me up. And I would sing in tongues. Me, for You know, if you can speak in tongues, speak. It builds you up. I speak as much as I can because it builds, some, it builds power in me. And, uh, and I would go into the township and I would be there doing stuff and see God do the most massive miracles. And, um, and I would think, this is what I was born for. And then I would go home into my nice little white area and I would be so scared and think, I'm never going back again. Do you see? But the next day, in my head, I would scream, no! But my feet went back to the car because I was born for that. So don't give in in, your, in fear. Do whatever he asks. Because there's going to be, those of you who are going to tell stories all over. It's like something that God is wanting to do on this island that's not been done before. Something, something that your forefathers, those of you born here, have prayed for. And it's coming to pass. And you will see it with your own eyes. You are going to be the ones to see it with your own eyes. But it's not going to drop somewhere. It's going to be you being ignited, being so hungry for God, so hungry for the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, so hungry that you cannot but help but get involved. So after that, I want to ask you, if you are a community people, if you want to, we're going to have to even move some chairs. Um, I want you to come forward. It's not for me, and it's not, it's not even about the coming forward. That's just a step for God. If you don't come forward, you stay in your seat. God is not bothered about coming forward. He comes to you in your seat, so it's all grace. But you know, sometimes when we make a movement, like you did this morning for the prayer, but this is a different call. This is one for, I'm quite radical. I'm a revolutionary. I'm God's revolutionary. I cannot stand the devil. I'm at war. You understand? I roar. That's why I love this song, Roaring with Power. And, um, and to me, the lion of Judah lives in me to roar over the work of the enemy, the destructions of families, of communities, and so on. And um, if you are ready to enlist, you are in God's army, but this is a choice today to say, Lord, I'm frightened to bits, but I don't want to miss out. I want use me in whatever. I'm not going to tell you what to do, Lord. Will you use me in whichever way you want to use me? I want you to come forward. It's a new day. It's like a, it, God says, said, you prayed so much for more. Today, I'm going to give you more. You up for it? It's not just for this church. It's for whosoever. Whosoever. Are you the church? Yes. Do you roar? Yes. Are you able to roar? Yes. Has Jesus given you all authority? All authority. Yes. Wasn't that what he, the commission he gave? Wasn't it? Now, go into all the world and preach the gospel and drive out demons, speak with other tongues. He's, it's our birthright. Yes. It's our born-again birthright where the enemy comes and he plucks from us and he makes us feel powerless. And for you who haven't come forward, it's fine. Just in your heart, say, I want, I want it too, Lord. I want it too. It's not about coming forward, as I said. You are as mightily blessed. No one's, no one's missing out today. And if you are not a follower of Jesus, you've come to look in here. Just say, and if you are willing, just say, Lord Jesus, I'm not standing in the front there physically, but in my head, I'm standing in the front. Okay. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Well, with a fresh anointing of power. We're just going to be quiet. Let God speak to you. Holy Spirit, speak to each one here.
And now I'm going to ask Mark and Jackie to come up here. And um, he's actually here. Okay. Is Hannah here? Also serving the children. Okay. I wonder if I can have Paul and Yvonne. And is Mr. Simon here? Simon, can you also come? I need a few. If some, and yeah, and Anna, yeah. You're going to need a microphone because. If you will, I want you to speak a quick commissioning. You know, the church never needs permission to do God's will. Mm. But somehow we wait Mm. for somebody to say, Mm. you may do it. It's a funny thing. We don't need it. But sometimes it's like we just need someone to say, now look out the back door. Go and get them. So I'm going to ask these guys, quick, to commission. If that's all right with you, be ready. Commission you for whatever and for wherever. And and in that process, offer yourself to God. Whatever you want, Lord. Whatever you want. Remember, he's he's not a tame lion, but he is good. He's scary, but he's gentle. He will look after you. I know when I came here, God said... Um, it's to come and release people, not to do it all. I could do it all, I could do things, but it's not for me to do it, it's to release others to do it and enable others to do it. So I want to, you to know that again today, and I want to release you to do what God has called you to do and to be, and I release you in that. Yeah, mm. yeah I'd like to commission you guys to be like the sons of Issachar who understood the times and knew what they had to do. Be released into that prompting. Yeah. I was just reminded of a picture I had a few weeks ago of, um, sorry, the Lord was showing me to go with him, and I was walking along the beachfront. Could you put it nearer your mouth? Yeah. Yeah. I was going along the beachfront, and he said to me, I am the tide, go with me. And we don't know which way the tide's going yes. until we pick up our feet. And then, because I'm like this, I worry. I was thinking, but I'll get tired. The tide's just going to take me. What if, what if, what if? And he said, just one step at a time. There's bays to rest in. There's yeah. little coves to enjoy my sunshine. But you don't know until you pick up your feet to go with the tide. My, my prayer is that we are people who believe the truth, who know the truth, and who are set free by the truth. I pray that we would be people who um, love you, God, with our whole heart, our whole mind, our whole soul, and our whole strength, and love our neighbors as ourselves. Yes. Amen. Hmm? Okay. So I want to break the hold of any lies of the enemy over you in the name of Jesus. I want to break all cynicism over you in the name of Jesus. It didn't work, and so it's not going to work or whatever. I break that over you in the name of Jesus. I break all fear over you in the name of Jesus. I break all messing with your minds over you in the name of Jesus and set you free to do this stuff. Father, I want to ask that what you've given me, I want to ask for an impartation to each person here of evangelism and prophecy and, and apostolic foundations and working in, whoa, working in power, seeing the sick healed, uh, seeing demons flee, 
when the name of Jesus is mentioned. I want to ask for a high percentage of people here who can move in spiritual warfare to sort out many issues, to set people free, to set the church free. If you're willing for that, I want you to put your hand up. Father, I want to ask, Lord, I'm known as the warfare person. Father, I want to ask what you've given me, that courage, that authority, that growl, that knowing that the name of Jesus, it's not about me, the name of Jesus, and he lives in me, so that when I come on enemy territory, be afraid, enemy. Be very afraid. I want to ask for an impartation of discernment and uh, a willingness to actually see people free. People who've had to be counseled for years. And I'm not against counseling at all. People need counseling. But sometimes they also need a power encounter and get free from the demonic. I want to ask, Lord, for an impartation of people who can actually set people free, that they have bright eyes again, and, and run forward living in a different way, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want to ask, Lord, that the gifts of healing, there was so much in the prayer meeting about healing, and I thought, there we are. This is going to be a, like a well of healing. Yeah? You're going to have so many people who have the gift of healing here that you're going to have to do something about it. You're going to have to either go out in communities or invite communities to be healed. And so your reputation is going to go before you. you oh boy, you, you're unwell. It's taking long to get an, an appointment at a surgery, and I'm all for doctors. Um, that place, that place, those people, let them, they do stuff. And your reputation is going to be known as the place of healing, a well of healing right here. In the name of Jesus. Now I want you to turn to someone, but not someone you know well, not husband and wife or your best friend or whatever. And I want you to put your hand on their shoulder or their head. And I want to say you to pray freedom and and it's like commissioning. It's you guys. You have been commissioned. Now you commission each other because you have the same power as what the leaders have in this commissioning. If you need healing, say also pray for healing. If you need a job or a house or a husband or a wife or a baby, or ask Holy Spirit in this dome of power, will you come and do signs and wonders?